Let's make it a little bigger. So we want to put a can. This is second story radio. I'm Jackie Sujiko. This is where we want to make the Lenoma entrance. This is Bob yeah, Luby. Like He's showing us that. around a building he owns yeah. in Ashland, Nebraska, right down the street from so his office. He's planning on turning this building into his new offices for his software company. It was originally a grocery store, a really big grocery store. And they actually had like a hair salon. You could get your shoes here. They had cold meats, clothing. A pharmacy was here. It was like a little Walmart. <laughs> Since Oscar Hoffman, the original owner, sold the building, it's also been home to a photography studio, a carpentry workshop, and a fitness center. But most of the building hasn't been renovated yet particularly one room. You haven't seen the big room yet. When they come up the steps, they'll kind of come up the open stairway, and that's going to take them into the gym. The gym takes up half the building. There's enough room to play badminton in here. Actually, Which Bob does. now serving as a badminton court. <laughs> Bob says that Oscar Hoffman so wanted to include a community space alongside his grocery store. People in Ashland use the space for town hall meetings, social dances, and even to put on plays from traveling theater groups. Actors and actresses would get off the train with their trunks, and they'd perform for about three days, and then they'd go on to the next town. In fact, we got their signatures. I don't know if you can tell, but Bob really likes this building. He wants to clean it up and add some cubicles to make a really neat office space. We're actually going to have our developers sitting on the stage, so we still plan to have little performances and stuff. <laughs> but to bring everything up to code, Bob will also have to update the electrical wiring, plumbing, heating, and cooling systems. And those renovations will cost a lot of money, around $800,000. Plus, renovations will make the value of the building go up, too which means he'll have to pay higher taxes while he's working on it. This is a problem a lot of people who own older properties face. A cheaper option for owners is to tear it down and build something new. Here's Eric Thompson. He's an associate professor of economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Repairing and improving historic homes is often more expensive. A larger share of each dollar spent is spent on workers rather than materials. When you're starting fresh with green space, it's just easier to economize on labor. But Bob really cares about the building, and he wants to keep it. Luckily, he does have another option. In 1966, President Lyndon B. Johnson made historic preservation a public interest when he signed the National Historic Preservation Act into law. As part of that, Congress passed a historic preservation tax credit in 1978 to encourage more businesses to preserve older properties instead of bulldozing them. Here's Eric Thompson again. It's a way to make sure that the property tax is not a disincentive for people. It's kind of a way to compensate and, and make sure that we're seeing historic homes improved at a similar rate as non-historic homes, or hopefully even a, a higher rate. Here's how tax credits work. Usually for a set number of years, they'll pay property tax at the old value of the home before the improvements rather than at the full improved value. Tax credits aren't just a one-way benefit to the property owner. Eric points out that they have a big impact on the local economy. Rehabilitations in general tend to create more employment per dollar spent. On average, it requires more of the higher skilled, higher paid construction industry workers. 
you know, uh, carpenters, electricians, plumbers with special skills to work with older homes and older materials. The funny thing about tax credits is that it's actually really hard to tell how effective they are as an incentive. Sometimes you're creating the activity that you're incentivizing, and sometimes you're rewarding the people that were already doing it on their own, which is all another type of positive signal to give to people. Whether or not it's new behavior, tax credits do make it financially easier to rehab and preserve historic properties. Applying for tax credits takes a couple extra steps than if you were doing rehab without them. For instance, you have to list your property on the National Register of Historic Places. That's how the government makes sure the tax credit is actually being used on a historic property. Every property listed on the National Register is accompanied with a document detailing what makes it historic. It can be its architecture or an association with a famous person or event. Properties aren't automatically added to the list as they age. They have to be noticed by someone and then nominated for approval by the National Park Service. Not everyone who nominates a property does it to get tax credits. My name is Sabrina Giordano, and my husband and I own the farm at Long Lane, which is also known as the Christian Cupkey Farmstead. Sabrina nominated her farm out of curiosity. She'd never seen a house like hers before. She found out her farm was built by a man named Christian Kupke, one of the first settlers in Nebraska as Americans moved west in the 1800s. And he was kind of a big deal. Big enough that Sabrina's farm is a historic artifact of his life and influence in this part of the state. When Sabrina found that out, she decided to nominate the farm to the National Register. Learning about all the people that had lived there before her changed the way Sabrina thought of her home. It's very humbling because you realize that it has its own personality and it's going to be here long after we're gone. Bob is still deciding how to move forward with his renovations. Whether or not he decides to apply for tax credits, he's already kind of doing preservation work. All the stories he knows about the building would have been lost if he hadn't taken an interest in finding out about the building's history. And because he knows so much about the building, he really wants to keep as many of its historical elements as possible. Sabrina puts it this way. There is a sense of responsibility for preserving the property as best as possible. The more you know about the history, the more you realize the significance. It just makes it more relatable for those of us that are here generations later. We're talking about people that we might not be talking about otherwise. And that's kind of the whole point of historic preservation. Second Story Radio is a production of the Nebraska State Historical Society. Thanks for listening.